0: Welcome to the Warrior Mama podcast, as we learn how to apply God's Word to our lives in motherhood, finding in big and small ways that the truth of the gospel applies not just to our lives as moms, but also to our children's lives, so that as we stand anchored in Him, we mother confidently with our hearts at rest. I'm so glad you're joining me today at the kitchen table. Welcome back to The Kitchen Table. I am so excited as we embark on this series that we have set out for this summer. We have spent three weeks talking about who you are as a mom in the lens that the gospel gives us. So we talked about that you don't have to be a good mom, that God isn't calling you to that. He's calling you to surrender. We've talked about what the gospel gives you and me. In motherhood. What does it mean to have the gospel as our plumb line, our anchoring point? And then we finally, in episode 134, talked about how do we tell the difference between God when God is convicting us in our motherhood, saying, hey, that wasn't kind or that wasn't loving or, or that moment in time wasn't what walking with me looks like in your, with your child versus the voice of an enemy who is condemning and rebuking and shaming. So that's the setup for what we are now starting this week, which is we are going to be breaking down a lot of concepts in motherhood that maybe you and I have just accepted as, well, this is how we do this thing. And we're going to instead build them on the foundation of the Word of God. And more than anything else, what I want you to understand is God's Word offers you answers. It offers you answers in every moment with your child, no matter what you're facing with your child. So over the course of this summer, we're going to be handling the big and the small concepts in motherhood. We're going to be talking about moody teenagers and kids who want to reject us. We're going to be talking about kids who fuss and fight with one another. We're going to be talking about tantrums. We're going to be talking about understanding putting kids to bed, bedtime routines, morning routines, how to get kids to sleep or not sleep. We're going to be tackling these things that everybody has an opinion on. And there are lots of books that tell us like, how do we do these things? How do we help our child who's a, who's fearful? How do we help our child who's wondering about the faith? How do we help our child who's questioning this or that? But we're actually, all we're going to do is we're going to drive it back to the Word of God, and we're going to anchor in the Word of God for our answers. Because even talking about, and it's funny, but it's not. Because if you're walking, if you're a mom whose child right now is like biting all the other kids' in nursery school, or at church, like it's horrifying for you and you have no idea how to help that. But can I tell you that God's word offers you something there? And if you're the mom whose teenager is so sullen and removed and refuses to talk and all you get are fights or arguments, can I tell you that God's word answers you there? It He will meet you there with his word. And if you're the mom who... Like life, it just kind of feels like it's out of control and you don't know how to put parameters around it or to set good routines in place or rhythms in place, but you know you should. And so you're reading all these books. Can I tell you instead that there is the author of all peace and rest and he gives you answers there. And more than anything, what I feel like God in all truthfulness has told me this podcast has to be about is helping moms see that We're going to make much of God's Word, and we're going to make His Word be the anchor for our very lives, and we're going to understand and make much of Jesus because Jesus changes everything. So over the course of the next 10 or so episodes, we are going to take a look at all the opinions of man, and we're going to instead understand the opinions of Of God, and we're going to anchor there. We may come to the same conclusion. We may all agree that rhythms are great for our children, and we should be establishing good rhythms of waking and sleeping. We may totally agree with that point, but we're going to anchor it to the Word of God because everything else goes back to what we talked about in episode 132 everything else is shifting sand. So, unless you and I build our house. Our motherhood, the framework of our very lives, not just in motherhood, on the anchoring of Jesus in the Word of God. If we do not build it there, then when storms come, our ground can shift. It will feel unstable. And the inward, just ripe pickings for an enemy to come in and say, See, you don't have a clue what you're doing, you need to try this, you need to try that. No, it's all about you. And he begins to condemn and heap shame and doubt and despair and condemnation. That's why we've already talked about those things. So, I've already set that up for you in episodes 132, 133, and 134. You need to have that foundation. So, today. We're now going to actually say, so okay, if we're going to tackle 12 concepts of motherhood that everybody has an opinion on, and all these books are written about, and we're supposed to know how to do this, like how do we handle social media with our kids, or phone time with our kids, or just TV time with our kids, we're going to anchor it in the Word of God. Why? Because there are going to be days where the enemy's going to beat you up over this. And you're going to say, no, I stand on the Word of God. And we're going to anchor how we have conversations of grace with our kids over all the years of their lives, not in the fact that we're committed to being a gentle parent or a kind parent or any of these theories that are out there, but we're literally going to just anchor it down in the gospel, in the Word of God. Why? Because there's going to be seasons— where it doesn't feel like it's working. And we need to be anchored in the truth. And we're going to look at how do we handle the tantrum of a two-year-old or the tantrum of a teenager. How do we handle it? And we're not going to use common just mantra of, well, you just ignore it or well, you squat down and you totally emote with them. Like We're not going to take the stuff of man. We're going to take God's word. We may end up at the same point, but I need and want and know beyond a shadow of a doubt, we have to be anchored in the word, y'all, because everything else is trying to knock us off course. And the enemy of your soul wants to knock your legs out from under you so that you are down on a, the battlefield of life, totally, totally beaten lost your sword, lost your shield, your armor scattered all over the place. You have no idea how to get up. He wants to defeat you. Why? Because you have a really amazing and holy and sacred calling to walk with your children, hand in hand with Jesus. And that makes him angry. (laughs) And he wants to destroy it. So this is how he does it. He comes against us. So we have to build the foundation of our lives on the rock of Jesus Christ in the Word of God. We have to. So today, we're going to be talking about, in essence, the overarching principles that we're going to be then carrying out into every one of these topics. We're going to be returning to these six principles you're going to hear me use them, but I'm not going to write, talk about them with as much detail as I do today. So this is, again, this is basically the last foundational teaching day, concept day, and then next, next episode is going to be straight up in one concept. So let's get started over these overarching principles of motherhood based on the gospel, not based on what people tell us. Number one. Our child has great value and worth. And again, this is like the world would agree with us on this. Most of the world would agree with us on this, that our child has great value and worth. We want to know why from the word. Your child has great value and worth to God over and over in Scripture. He declares his great love and affection for mankind. We're going to hold to one scripture here, but there are many, but Isaiah 43 is a great one. It's a great one when you're talking to your children and you basically are saying to them, you have great value and worth to God and I need you to know it. But it is also for you when you are walking with your child and you're like, what in the world, what in the world am I raising? What is going on with this kid? You need to hear the truth. My child has great value and worth to God. Because there are going to be days where you're not going to see it. It doesn't feel that way. Our feelers get all in the way and we're like, I don't I'm not loving this kid right now. But let me tell you, Isaiah 43, it says, But now thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you, and I have called you by name, and you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt as your ransom, Cush and Seba in exchange for you, because you are precious in my eyes and honored, and I love you. I give men in return for you, people in exchange for your life. Fear not, for I am with you. I will bring your offspring from the east, and from the west I will gather you. I will say to the north, give up. To the south, do not withhold. Bring my sons from afar, my daughters from the end of the world. Everyone who is called by my name, who I created for my glory, who I formed and I made. Your child has great value and worth to God. And there are many passages of Scripture that will support that truth. But this is just one that I use with my children. I said, you know that God literally says in His Bible, that you are precious in his eyes, that you are honored, and that he loves you. So now that we have established this one idea, and remember, you and I are saved, and we understand the scope of the gospel. But depending on where your child is right now in your home, your child may or may not be saved. And so we're going to carry into the rest of these concepts a gospel perspective, which is that Jesus came, he died for the sin that you and I possess, that our child possesses. Why? Because without Jesus' death, we would forever remain separated from God and only deserving of death. But because of Jesus, he has stepped in, he has saved us, and when our child is saved, they also— We are clothed in the righteousness of Christ now. And when God sees us, He doesn't see our sin. He sees Jesus. So that is the essence of the gospel. You can go back and listen to other podcasts. You can hear this again. So that now we're going to look at these last five tenets from this gospel lens point. Okay? So number one, we are going to separate the sin from the sinner. When we are engaging and talking with our children... We are not establishing what they have done as their identity. So I do not have a liar for a child. I have a child who lied to me. I do not have a a selfish child. I have a child who struggles to share. Why am I making this distinction? Well, I'm making this distinction because I think God makes this distinction. You see, when I am establishing and seeing my child through the lens of they have sin, right? But that sin isn't their identity. Their identity is a child, a a sinner, who is in need of grace or who is in the process of being changed. Perhaps this is a child who knows Jesus. What I'm actually beginning to think through in my mind is the concept of sanctification, this concept of being made new, of being renewed, of being changed over time, which is God's commitment to us. Renewal is ongoing. And we see this in many places in the New Testament. I think one place that we can look at it is 2 Corinthians 4, 16 and 17 says, We do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away. Our inner self is being renewed day by day. says in 2 Corinthians 3, we all with unveiled faces beholding the glory of God are being transformed into his same image from one degree of glory to another. And this transformation comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. So God is fully committed to both you and me as moms with the sin that we possess and walk into relationships with our kids with and their sin to be changing them on an ongoing ever-growing basis, interaction. But that requires that you and I separate the sin from the sinner first. So when we're interacting with our children, with because most of these things we're going to be talking about are training moments, discipline moments, areas that we're looking to say, hey, that's not a good way to interact. We're not going to be like that. But if we're going to anchor it in the gospel, we actually have to have the right concept. And the concept is, is they have sinned. But they are not the essence of that. So they are not a liar. They have, they're struggling with lying. So that change then allows point three, the third concept. So first, we have the fact that we, our child has great value and worth. Secondly, we have the concept that our child's sin is separate from their identity. They're either lost and they need Jesus or they're saved and being sanctified. So that's, that's their identity and then they have sin. No matter if they're saved or lost, sin though impacts our family, and so we are going to be interacting with that and we're going to be shaping and molding and changing, right? That's what we're do that's what we do when we shepherd our kids. So then point number 3 is we're going to allow for an understanding of the heart motivations because that's what God does. God seeks out the heart. So in all these eight things that we're going to move forward into, you're going to hear me go, okay, remember, our child has great worth, even in this, even in this temper tantrum, even in this being horrible here or being this way or being that way. We're going to remember, number one, our child has great worth. Number two, they, are sin, they sin, but we need to understand the heart behind it. We need to understand what's down below, because oftentimes what's down there is a the lie that they're believing, something that they're owning, a true, something that they believe to be true. And it is beginning to cause or motivate them in the way that we see externally displayed, which is this activity. So number three is we're going to allow for heart motivations to be explored. And then number four, we're going to understand that repentance, grace, and forgiveness are intertwined. It says in Romans 2, 4 that God's kindness leads to repentance. Repentance. And so the first part of this is that the way we bring our children to a place of wanting to look at what they have done and understand the wrong in it to allow for conversations of shaping is we have to come ourselves from a place of humility, humility and kindness. God's kindness leads to repentance. But then we're drawing them to repentance, First John 1, 9, right? If we confess our sins, He is faithful to forgive us our sins, right? And then to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That is this forgiveness, this cleansing of grace that happens. And then we know from Titus, it's probably my favorite passage of Scripture, to summarize the gospel, it says, When the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, He saved us. We're going to keep that ever present in our own minds. That when it, it is when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared that we were saved. And then it says, following that in Titus, it says, Not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to His own mercy. That's Titus 3. You and I are saved Because of the goodness and the kindness of Jesus appearing and according to his mercy. So when we're interacting with our children, we are remembering this basic core truth. That it is kindness, forgiveness, and repentance intertwined. So number five, your job and my job, after we have remembered that they have value and worth... We are separating the sin from the sinner so that we can handle and discuss the sin. We're going to look at what lies beneath the heart motivation. We're going to understand that kindness, forgiveness, repentance are intertwined. So number five, we have a job, but we don't have the main job. And we're going to remind ourselves of this over and over again. We have a job in this. We have a role in this. But ours is not the role of drawing them to Jesus. Ours is not the role of, you know, convicting them and convincing them. So if, if I can encourage you, your role and my role is as one who pivots. We're the accompanier who kind of positions their shoulders and, their shoulders and says, look that way. So, in other words, you and I offer a hope pivot. So, the minute that this child begins to repent, begins to identify and see the sin that was active in that space, or understands what we're trying to shape, or sees themselves in a more full way, we want to pivot them to their true hope. We offer a hope pivot, but we can't, it's not us giving hope. Right now in culture, it's all about us as parents giving hope. You're the greatest, you're the best, you know, in all this esteem building. And there is space for that, but we're going to actually plant that down in the Word of God and understand our position in that. But ours is to pivot them to the one who is hope, Himself. And you and I in this. Our job, our role, is one of holding hands. But we are not the source of their strength. You see, in our culture now, that the parents, the man there, the, the bedrock, the source of strength, No, we are pivoting them to the source of their strength. But we also need that source of strength in Jesus. And so we hold our child's hands as we go to the source of strength. And we offer help in the healing when you're walking with children who are hurting from friend betrayal. We're going to talk about how do we handle and find friends and keep friends and and do friendship. It's a big deal. But there's a lot of healing that has to happen. But you and I can't heal our children. But Jesus is their healer. You and I pivot them. So we pivot them to the hope. We pivot them to strength. We pivot them to healing. But it isn't us. That's not our role. And we're going to talk about this over and over again. And then finally, that last core truth. How we're going to be looking at every single part of this these studies, these episodes is we're going to be saying and understanding that God intimately knows My child. So, number one, he absolutely has established their value and worth. And then, through the truths of the gospel, he says they have sin, right? But look at their heart underneath it. Look at that. Help lead them through to see that. That's when they're going to see their desperate need for Jesus. There's grace, kindness, forgiveness. And repentance, it's intertwined. You and I are a pivot source. That's all we are, a pivot point. in our child's walk with God. And then finally, God knows our child intimately. He needs to be and wants to be and promises to be the source of information for me on parenting my child. You see, you... When we're going to walk through these things this summer, we have to found them on the Word of God because what happens is you are parenting just probably if you have more than one child in your home, you will agree. None of your children are exactly the same, and they cannot be parented the exact same way. And, and yet they're literally having the same experience growing up. Like, you're the same person. But I can't sit over here and say, well, this is how... You get your child to stop biting other children in the nursery or potty train your child or teach your child to read or teach your child to sleep at night. Like, all, those are all little things, right? That, like, really early on in motherhood, a lot of us begin to figure out, wow, this kid's complicated. And I can't necessarily ask my best friend, and what worked for her is going to work for my kid. Because n- our children are unique, but they're uniquely. Known by God. He knows every hair on their head. He knows everything about them in ways that you and I can never know about our own child. And He knows. He knows exactly what's going on in their heart, exactly what's going on in their mind. I think the thing that gave me the most just the biggest picture of this is with one of my, my second born child, she didn't talk super early and she was very, very highly, she was very highly sensitive and sensitive about the way things felt on her body, sensitive about just, she was very highly sensitive and yet yeah, she couldn't really communicate And God began to teach me with Kendall about this beautiful insight space that he will give to you and to me about our children. So I had this child. She could not tell me, but God could. God would give me insight into her where all of a sudden I was like, I wonder if it's this. And sure enough, it was that. How do I know this to be true other than just by experience in telling you this in the Word? Because remember, we have to anchor everything in the Word. Jeremiah 33.3 3 and James 1.5. So you have an Old Testament and a New Testament. They both, in essence, point to the same truth. Jeremiah 33.3 3 says, call to me and I will answer you. And I will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. <laughs> and that burst can get me so emotional because over 25 years of raising kids, there have been so many things I have not known. And God gives us, us this holy invitation to call to us, to call to Him, and He will answer us and He will tell us the things that we do not know. But if that's not enough, James 1.5 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, ask of God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given. So do you understand, like, when you are totally stymied by your kid, God's not up there scolding you, telling you you should know your kid better. He's not. No reproach. No reproach. So if you have somehow bought the belief from the enemy that says, you should understand this kid because he's yours or she's yours, and you don't, Please know that God does not he gives you he will give you generously what you need and he will not scold you for not understanding this kid better beforehand. He won't. We had our oldest kid came to pass that we found out a lot of stuff about him when he was about in the 4th grade and it crushed me for about 4 months that I didn't understand that stuff about him and I had parented him in a way that was not helpful. It crushed me. And the enemy came in and just condemned me and was just eating my lunch until I read James 1.5. And God was like, Bethany, I'm not reproaching you, but I have now given you all this wisdom generously about your child. Now let's step into it. Let's start parenting in this way. So I want you to understand as we begin to tackle big topics over the next over this summer, over the next few episodes, that we have to hold to the plumb line of these six concepts. Whether we tackle what you want to look at or not, the world will offer you remedies. I want you to drive that remedy back with these concepts, and I want you to say, is it answered in the Word? Or what does the Word have to say about this? Because the Word of God will not leave you destitute. The Word of God is rich. It will nourish you. It will satisfy you. It will satisfy you in motherhood. God promises it will. And that's what we're going to be exploring over the next few weeks. As always, I'm so excited to be doing this episode series with you. I cannot wait to show you some of the things that God has taught me even now about places that, man, I wish I had known it for my first child or my second child. But I cannot wait to have these conversations with you. Feel free to write in to send me messages on Instagram. You can ask for specific things. And I mean, if we haven't decided that, but we think, oh man, that would be a huge thing. We may throw it in our bunch. But know this, that God values you as the mom of the child that you have or the children that you have. You are precious in His sight and dearly loved. And He wants to walk this out with you, my friend. And he wants to help you stand strong and confident, not in yourselves, but in him. Thanks for listening this week to the Warrior Mama podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support other Warrior Mamas, I'll tell you that one of the best ways that you can do is you can just share this podcast with your friends. You know, sometimes we love to talk about the things we like the most for our face, for our life, for our kids. Can I tell you that it would be a great blessing to begin to share with other moms the things that God is teaching you and the ways that He is growing you in Him. Our prayer over here at the Warrior Mama podcast is that this podcast is something that does that for you in your life. So feel free to share it with your friends post about it on social media. And of course, leave a rating and a review. I love seeing what God is doing in your lives. And I look forward to sitting with you at the kitchen table again next week.